0: Five, four, three, two, one, boom! We're live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? What's going on? Episode one forty-four of the G Meeker MMA Show. It is Monday, June eighteenth, two thousand and eighteen. It's good to be back, motherfuckers. We got a great show planned today, and we got a lot of great shit on our um on this episode it's, it's good to be back we, we, we're we coming off of a, a uh, not too eventful weekend at least not in the world of mixed martial arts in my opinion ufc wise or anything like that but um we have ufc 225 to talk about and i've got some other exciting news to break on this podcast as well and some things i wanted to tell you guys about give you guys some updates on how i'm doing and what i'm doing behind the scenes and everything else like that but like I said ladies and gentlemen we have a great show planned today sit back relax and enjoy cuz we got a great show planned all right let me run it down quickly and talk about what what it is we're going to be talking about today ladies and gentlemen all right moving into UFC 225 we're going to break down the UFC 225 post UFC 225 recap get get my thoughts on the main event between Robert Whitaker and Yoel Romero number two, part two if, if I may um talk about what 's next for Robert Whitaker as well as Joe romero yoel romero there's some interesting information on him on what 's next for him, possibly making a jump to two hundred and five pounds and fighting for a number one contender fight because you know obviously there 's not too much steam down at two hundred and five pounds, maybe interim title fight with Alexander Gustafson would be on the would be under the. Underworks. that would be an excellent fight that's an interesting fight and i can't wait to see that if that if that's what the next uh move is um as well as mike jackson defeating cm punk cm punk actually went the three-round distance which in my head was a win in my books obviously the guy you know he he, he he didn't grow up a mixed martial artist. He didn't train when he was young. He he. This is a new sport for him. He's only been training for really two years. You know, mixed martial arts. You know, he's done jujitsu before that and all that. But he wasn't really a, you know, a fact. He wasn't really a, It wasn't a born, bred mixed martial artist like that. He kind of just picked it up. You know, and you know, all props to him. So talk about. What happened with Mike Jackson and obviously Dana White. If you hear Dana White's comments on uh, Mike Jackson's performance, um, we'll get to talking about those. We'll get to talk about what's next for CM Punk, what's next for obviously Mike Jackson. Um, Sergio Pettis with the big win over Joseph Benavidez now. Should skyrocket him up there to probably the next next guy in line after DJ takes on Cejudo, which was recently announced too, for UFC uh, in Los Angeles alongside uh, Dillashaw versus Garbrandt too. It's a pair of rematches. TJ versus uh, Cody two and DJ versus Cejudo two. So that should be an excellent fight fight card. Um, anything else coming in the news, Michael Bisping announces his retirement due to health concerns and health issues. You know, obviously if you know, Michael Bisping has had problems with his, with his right eye, you know, it was detached retina. If you guys know, it's a very serious injury, potentially, you know, uh, Career-ending if you're a mixed martial artist, you know, not being able to see out of his right eye, and he's been having problems, little some problems with his left eye as well. So, you know, he's uh, recently announced on his podcast that he was gonna he'll be retiring. So, all. All, all's well to Michael Bisping, and we'll talk about his retirement as well. So, um, And as well as uh, some other some other fun stuff. like some. Uh, I had some things to talk about when it comes to the Avengers and all that. We'll get to the superhero talk a little bit later on in the show. But I want you guys, like I said, sit back, relax. You got a great show. Spark one up. Pull out the shots. Drink your beer. Kick your feet up. We got a great show, ladies and gentlemen. Beginning with my favorite. UFC 225 wrapped up. It was a rematch between Robert Whittaker and Yoel Merrill. Previously fought in the fight of a night fight the first time. It was a great fight. I enjoyed it. Definitely was a fight of the night. But good God, the second one, round two, round six, if you want, if I must say. Well, it had to be the best fight. Best fight card. Of, not best fight card, excuse me. Best fight probably of all all time too early to say that, but that was one hell of a fight. You know, Robert Whitaker got tagged with some big shots. Yoel know, Romero caught him with a lot of huge punches. Didn't resort to a lot of his wrestling in this fight, I noticed, but um, he hurt Robert. He dropped Robert. He hurt him. He he had him in all sorts of trouble. He had him in all, all these positions, you know, potentially where I thought potentially the fight would, would have been stopped. For those who don't know, if Robert would have lost, he wouldn't have lost his belt, but it would have lost because it was a non-title fight. It was a, it was a five-round non-title fight because Romero wasn't able to make the weight. And there's a lot of speculations to why he couldn't make the weight as well. And it's okay because, um, you know, the commission didn't allow. It didn't allow. There's a lot of stuff leading up to it. So, you know, unfortunately, he wasn't able to make the weight. But if he had won, he would have been the USC middleweight champion. That's not the case. Congrats to Robert Whitaker once again showing why he's one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Because, you know, he, he took a lot of big shots from Romero. He got hurt. You know, he looked good as well. You know, not only did he survive in this fight, but he looked damn good as well. And it was a close fight. He did win by split decision. But he looked good, that's the thing, he looked fucking good, he, you know, once again, you know, improved, obviously, he broke his hand in the third round, I think, so he was able to get through, you know, the first fight, he was getting through a blown blown, uh, knee in the first, in the first round of the first fight, maybe like the first minute of the first fight it seemed as if Romero just landed that nasty kick to his leg and it hurt him. You know, his knee was jacked the whole fight. He was able to withstand that. Um, if you move along to the second fight, you know, he broke his hand, and he still was able to pop those jabs. His boxing looked good. His hands looked fast. He looked crisp. His, his counters were on point. Um, and obviously, he landed a lot of those kicks to the knee of Romero as well. You know, as a little bit of payback from the first fight if you remember the first kick Romero landed so overall it was a great fight it was an exciting fight I was standing up when I was watching it because it's like oh my god these guys are throwing some serious leather these guys are throwing some serious bombs and I mean Robert throws bombs too you know not only does Romero crack hard Robert can crack hard too and he has power and he has precision and he has excellent striking so you know he looked good it was a great, um, it was a great fight, and you know I'm excited. I was excited for it, and um, obviously Robert has to get surgery. I think as or get his hand, uh, as, as hand has to be a he's gonna be in a cast for a little bit, so he's gonna be out. But um, what's next for him? I don't know. You know, it's a little bit of a tie-up in the middleweight division currently right now. But you no, know, it, it, we're in a weird position right now. That's the thing. If you look at the top of the middleweight division, obviously Jacare is not in the mix right now. He just lost to Calvin. Um. Luke Rockhold obviously is going to uh, 205 pounds, I think. Um, And um, what else? I mean, obviously, Kelvin Gaslums looks absolutely spectacular. He looks absolutely phenomenal. He looked fucking amazing. He's looked fucking amazing at 185 pounds. So, arguably, could say he deserves a shot. But obviously, Chris Wideman. You know, if you want to look at it, Chris Weidman did beat Kelvin Gastelum. You know, Kelvin did knock Chris down in the first, in in that first round. And, you know, other than that, Chris uses dominant grappling as wrestling to control Kelvin and eventually land a finish. You know, he finished him in their fight. He looked good in their fight, and he looks absolutely phenomenal. But, you know, Chris has been out for a while. Kelvin's kind of been on the, the back burn waiting for his opportunity finally to fight. You know, he's beating all the people he needed to beat. And and now he's at the point where he's just waiting to see what's going to happen next. And if, if, if that's a title shot, I wouldn't be mad at that. You know, Chris has been out for a very long time. You know, Calvin has been the more active guy. You know, sometimes it comes to the point where, you know, it doesn't matter if you really beat them. It matters on the activity because, you know, if Chris is going to fight for the, the world title, here, here's a solution in this for a second. I'm going to say it in a second, but if Chris is going to fight for a world title fight, we need him healthy as possible. You know, he's out. We don't know when his timetable is for his return. I know he did talk on the Ariel Hawani show, Ariel's last podcast, I think, last uh, episode. But, um, and uh, it was a really, it was a really, really good, obviously, you know, it was a good performance by Chris. But, you know, Calvin has looked phenomenal spectacular but in the meantime I don't know what the UFC is planning on doing I don't know if they're planning on putting Gaston versus Weidman too, or anything like that or I don't I don't really don't know you know that was Chris Weidman's first win since dropping three of his uh of his three in a row you know his first his win was um it was a stellar win though it was a phenomenal win so I don't know what they're going to be doing with that move on to Yoel Romero um there's a lot of steam for him at two hundred and five pounds. I feel he would legitimately be a good contender. You know. Obviously he's a freak at one hundred and eighty five pounds. You know, he's a he's a big, strong, muscular guy, and I feel that he you know, he's kinda short, you know, but for two hundred and five pounds, he's looked he he looks absolutely amazing. You know, I think he would look amazing at two hundred and five pounds. He's tiny, he's explosive, he looks good, and uh You know, I, I, I'm curious to know if he wants to fight Alexander Gustafson, that would be an excellent fight. You know, Gustafson towers over him, you know, Romero is a big guy, he's a thick guy, and I, I'm curious to know how the wrestling advantages would work with him and Gustafson, you have the speed advantage, and more notably, the cardio advantage, because if you're, if you're rolling with Gustafson, if you're fighting Gustafson, that is a fucking nightmare. That is a motherfucking nightmare. That, that is one of the most, um the one of the most um like dangerous nightmare fights in the hundred two hundred and five pound division honestly. That is one of the most dangerous fights. Gustafson is a guy that's gonna not gonna let you breathe. He's not gonna let you uh have any any air. He has a lot a lot of uh a lot of uh what's it called? Uh you know cardio, you know, has a good chin, he's very tall, he's rangy, he's lengthy and he's gonna make it a tough fight. But if that fight happens, that's one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most. You know, Romero, like I said, is a freak of nature. You know, when 41 years old, potentially still in the mix. He's one of those rare guys, like I said, that um, really can, you know, stake his claim to be one of those baddest motherfuckers. You know, it was a close fight the first time with Whitaker. The second fight was close. Now, obviously, Romero looked absolutely fucking phenomenal in that fight. It was a split decision. So no, there is no, by all means, you know, he's 0-2 in title fights. But, you know, arguably could have won either the first fight or the second fight. In a lot of people's eyes, you know, he wasn't too far off if he was. And by all means, it, you know, his status is still amazing. You know, he's young in sport. He's, old, he's an older guy. He's 41 years old. But he's one of the rare species. He's one of the rare species. One of the rare uh, specimens. It's a better word. But um he's looked fucking good. Romero looks fucking good still. He still has a lot in the tank. I mean, he, he's only 14 fights in, I think. 12 and 1, 12 and 2, 13 and 2. 13-2, 13. Yeah. He's like 14 fights in. So he's 14 fights in, but this dude's so young in the sport. I literally legitimately feel. Like, he's young in the sport, and he definitely is a young a young guy in the sport. 41 years old, but he looks absolutely phenomenal. That's the thing. He looks absolutely phenomenal. And still, obviously, in his losses to Romero, or to Whitaker twice. But, obviously, he hadn't lost two in a row, obviously. He came back and he knocked out Luke Rockhold. Massive shot knocked Luke Rockhold out cold. But um, he looked good. It looked great against Rockhold. Obviously, he looked great against Romero too, and uh, it was a great it was a great fight. Like I said, so Romero versus Gustafson. I'm all eyes for it, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, all right, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. We had a f- featured fight on the main card of UFC 225. In the 170 pound division, we had Mike Jackson taking on CM Punk. Both 0 and 1 in their professional mixed martial arts careers. Mike Jackson did improve to 1 and 1. Obviously, it's not too much experience when it comes to mixed martial arts, and had a lot of criticisms going in his fight. It was really kind of a lopsided win. Um, a lot of criticisms. I, I understand them too. I have the criticisms as well. It was a, it was a terrible. Uh, it was a terrible contest, honestly you know, obviously one person is going to come out the winner, but, you know, at any any point in time, Mike Jackson really could have honestly finished the fight. I mean, professional boxer, he looked fluid on the feet, his movement, you know, the way, you know, he's crisp. He's crisp on the feet. Don't get me wrong. But any point in time that he could have really put it on CM, he could have put it on CM Punk, you know, on the ground. He didn't, show any signs of you know wanting to necessarily finish the fight you know land some devastating ground and pound you know maybe try to get he's not then again he's not a ground fighter you know you know we, we we can come up with all these different scenarios to why he didn't win why he didn't finish the fight why he didn't do this why he didn't do do that and um and you know shit happens you know, we're not in there, you know, as analysts, as podcasters, as anything. We're not in there. So there's no way that we can necessarily, you know, we can't shout, you know, shouting at the TV, shouting out our telephones, uh, telephones, look at me, looking, living in the fucking past. Um We can only do so much and he can only do so much. You know, he did say, he make an interesting point. So if you were to lose to CM Punk. He will be forever be known as a guy who lost to CM Punk. And he's going to forever be clowned upon. Does he want that? I necessarily don't think so. But, you know, that's the world we live in. He got and did everything he needed to do against Punk. Obviously, like I said, in my opinion, Punk winning. Or Punk, not winning, excuse me, but Punk going the distance is a win in my book for him obviously I don't know I really don't think that the UFC is really gonna bring him back I don't know what they're gonna do with with him or anything like that but you know obviously he went the distance and you know he's not a natural born fighter so there's no there's nothing necessarily uh there's nothing necessarily um, you know I don't really don't know necessarily what Could be next for Punk or Jackson. Because Dana White did announce that he had fired Mike Jackson afterwards for that performance. He was pissed. He was pissed. Dana White was pissed. Quote, unquote. This is from Dana. I don't know what the hell he was doing before we gave him a shot. But he needs to go back to whatever it was. You know, obviously, he's a news reporter as well. And he has his own media, like you know, bjpen dot com. He has his own version of that. Mike the Truth on Twitter and all that. And he's um, obviously, yeah, does that on the side too. He's a professional boxer as well, four uh, zero, I think, in the professional boxer and all that. And um, you know, it's definitely, definitely something, you know, something to talk about. You know, usually when the guy wins. You get fi- you don't get fired like that. But performance like that got a lot of criticisms from Dana, a lot of criticisms from everybody else. But you know, like I said, we're not in there, so we don't necessarily know what's going on in the cage or anything like that. But, um, anyways, like I said, you know, congrats to Mike Jackson, obviously getting his first win over CM Punk. You know, not really too much of an accomplishment, really, in my opinion, but you know. You got the job done and everything. And speaking of getting the job done, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to the heavyweight division. We got a new contender, ladies and gentlemen. Number two, now officially number two ranked, Curtis Razor Blades definitely did use those razor blade, razor bladed elbows of his to split Alistair Overeem open like a fucking tuna can. Like a fucking bag of fucking beans split his fucking head open like a fucking like he's like he fucking split a coconut i know it's a terrible comparison but he split him open like whoosh, split him open he's bleeding nasty stitches nasty cut tko victory people want and he hurt him on the feet too so you know alistair was in a lot of trouble in that fight you no know, curtis blades is one of those guys you know He's on the come up. I didn't really necessarily expect his come up to be this rapid. But, you know, he looked good. And now he's vaulted up to number two. You know, he split him open. I can't get over how badly he split him. He split him open. You heard him. Well, he's an explosive athlete. Phenomenal. Great wrestler. He did wrestle. You know. He's a developing art, martial artist, obviously. He's number two now, so... Number one ranked... Who the fuck is number... Who's ranked number one at uh, uh, heavyweight? I'm gonna look real quick. I'm gonna pull up, pull it up on... Um, uh, uh, Let me see, let me see. UFC rankings. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna pull it up, because I want to see who the, who's ahead of him. So... Obviously, there's this whole scuffle at heavyweight right now. DC versus Stipe. You know, light heavyweight champion versus heavyweight champion. So, that's that's going to be... Um, oh, Francis Ngannou is still the number one contender. I don't know why. He should be number two. He did lose to Stipe. He already lost. He just lost to Stipe. So, you should put Blades as the number one contender. Because, I mean, if Francis beats Derek Lewis, then... Which would be a very tough fight for him. Derek Lewis is a very tough fight for Francis Ngannou. But you know, if Francis Ngannou beats Derek Lewis. Um, maybe an in, in Ngannou versus uh, a Blades, Curtis Blades versus Francis Ngannou. Maybe that could be a fight that we're we're looking at potentially in the in the meantime. Curtis does want the title shot next. I know he did talk to uh, talk a lot about that. Uh, I don't know what the UFC's going to do with him when it comes to that. Um, Alistair, him drops to 0-2 in his last two, both stoppage uh, losses. And um, quick side note, all of Overeem's losses in the UFC are by stoppage and are by TKO or KO, unfortunately, for the Reem. Um, what's next for the Reem? I don't think he should be done. Obviously, he's very concerning about how many times he has been stopped in his career and how much trauma and all that. You don't, really don't know how much he's going through during that time and what's going on. But, um, you know, I don't, by any stretch, don't think he's done or anything. I see five very really young guy with a bright future in the sport. And, you know, I've got to be honest with you. Overeem is one of those guys that, you know, if you had to put it on a scale of 1 to, you know, like 10 and stuff, I would say that he's closer to 10. Then he isn't. While well, Curtis Blades is, you know, probably number one and number two on the list when it comes, to one being the best, ten being the worst. You know, he's still in, he's still in his prime. He and you know, Curtis Blades. Another side note is Curtis Blades has already fought Francis Ngannou. That's his only loss in the UFC. It was to Francis Ngannou, and it was by a cut. And he did take Francis Ngannou down a couple times. He looked a little. He looked real good against Ngannou too. So I don't know what they're gonna do with them, you know. Heavyweight stacked up in heavyweight, so I don't know what they're gonna do, and I'm excited. I want. I'm curious to know what's gonna happen with Curtis Blades, and um, you know, it's it's really gonna be an interesting heavyweight division. Obviously, there's Volkov, Alexander Volkov, um, is in the mix as well. Um, he was like one of the I think the backup plan for the heavy in the heavyweight. Um the heavyweight division just in case anything happens with Stipe or DC and also in the mix we got Junior Dos Santos versus Black V Ivanov so Junior Dos Santos is still in the mix as well we still got, he, he's still in the mix Um, and what else that's pretty much everything we got heavyweight, let's move on ladies and gentlemen move on down like 40 fucking pounds or 140 pounds, just kidding uh, literally probably from the heavyweights to the flyweights, Sergio Pettis successfully defeated Joseph Benavidez by I think unanimous decision, split decision yeah I think it was a split decision yeah a split decision victory for Sergio Pettis defeats Joseph Benavidez and Benavidez is long awaited UFC return Um, and now Sergio has made his claim to fight for the world title. And if you notice my voice, I don't feel necessarily too comfortable on it. Because Demetrius Johnson is just that much level. There's Demetrius Johnson, and there's the rest of the division. There's John Jones, there's the rest of the division. There's Anderson Silva, and there's the rest of the division. Prime example. There's Jose Aldo, the rest of the division. But other than that, you know, I just feel Demetrius Johnson on a completely different level. I, I just don't really see Sergio. You know, Sergio obviously is good, and you know he could be one of those young lions that everyone's overlooking. He did beat Joseph Benavidez, We had a fun fight with with DJ the first time, a close fight in this uh, a close fight up until he got knocked out. Fun fight until he got up until he got knocked out. I mean, and he looked good, and you know Benavides' uh, last fight was, <sighs> hmm. His last fight was against Cejudo as well, and he uh, he won a very close split decision against sudo Suhudo looked fucking amazing against Benavidez, too. So it was a good fight. You know, Team female, female female fighters are very good, very phenomenal. You know, obviously those guys come from a great camp. Obviously Jose Joseph's not with female female anymore or anything like that. But um, it was a good fight. Uh, so now Sergio. Obviously, what's next for him? They want that gold. They want that title shot. So they want the title shot. And I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I just. I just I'm just really nervous because I think it's a little too soon. Because of, I mean, he beat Joseph Benavidez, and obviously before that he lost to Cejudo. So Cejudo could be the next big thing. He could be the next guy. He can be the guy to beat Joseph Benavidez and. uh And, uh, you know, it could be, that could be the next, uh, that could be the next fight. Cause he did handle, Cejudo handle, he did beat Sergio and you'd take him down. He smothered him. So if you look, if you look at what, um, what, uh, Cejudo was able to do to Pettis, imagine what DJ can do to, um, excuse the noise. Um, imagine what DJ can do to, to Sergio. I'm not saying that Sergio can't win or anything like that. But definitely, definitely. I just feel like he has a lot of improvement. So while we wait for this DJ versus TJ, uh, oh, not DJ versus TJ, excuse me, DJ versus Code, uh, DJ versus uh, Cejudo 2, Sergio Pettis is in the wings. I don't think necessarily he should take any other fights unless it's a championship level fight. So that should be an excellent. That's going to be an excellent one. Um, congrats to Sergio. Obviously, Joseph Benavides is still one of the best in the world. So, good to see what happens with him on there. And um, I can't wait to see what happens next. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on to former UFC middleweight champion Michael the Count. Bisping announced his retirement on his podcast maybe a few weeks ago. Citing injury, no, obviously his eye. You know, he has, he's had a, had a problem with his eye the whole uh with ever since the fight with Belfort, a detached retina. He received a detached retina in that fight. You no, know, it was a serious injury. You know, potentially blind in one eye. You know, citing problems with his left eye as well ever since his fight with Gaslam. You know, unfortunately, means time to call it a career. Unfortunately. Like I said, Bisping is one of the best fighters of all time. One of the most, landed landed a lot on the most significant strikes, has had a huge history with the sport. He's grown up with the sport and um, definitely is one of the most, most recognizable names in mixed martial arts history. You know, he's won the middleweight title on two weeks notice. Knocked out Luke Rockhold on two weeks' notice. I think it was not even two weeks. Ten days, I think. Ten days' notice. I'll oh, fuck that fat ass motherfucker up. This dude was giving me some dirty ass looks from his car. Little does he know I'll end his fucking night with one punch nice little uppercut to that mean jaw <laughs> I just don't like when people fucking stare I think a lot of people are like that too especially when they almost hit your car um but anyways ladies and gentlemen uh moving on oh, what were we talking about I got distracted I literally I legitimately forgot what we were talking about no um fuck what happens when they get distracted. Whew. Let's see. What was it? No, it wasn't DJ versus that. It was, um, oh, Bisping. Yeah, Bisping. Yeah, I mean, he's had a lot of great fights. He was obviously a coach on the Ultimate Fighter. He looked good. He looked great on the Ultimate Fighter. He won the Ultimate Fighter, obviously. He fought Rashad Evans. Did he beat Rashad Evans or did Rashad beat him? Rashad beat Rash- Rashad beat him by split decision. And um, Rashad beat him to beat the ultimate I think Bisping Yeah Bisping won the ultimate fighter And he fought Rashad So he fought Rashad He lost Rashad And we'll talk about Rashad as well Coming up I did forget to mention that um, And you know He's had an a, a amazing career You know He's most notable for his trash talk One of the best at it He's looked great Throughout his whole entire career and it's going to be, uh, you know, obviously he's great on the desk, the Fox Sports desk, and, you know, him alongside Karen Bryan, Daniel Cormier, all the all the fighters that, you know, go from fighting to commentating to being on the desk. You know, a lot of these guys looked really good. So they all looked real good. And uh, definitely is uh, something that I'm looking forward to doing when it comes to his broadcasting career and all that. So definitely a lot of interesting stuff. For the count, Michael Bisping, obviously, you know, part-time actor as well, has this podcast, you know, has a UFC gym and uh Costa, I think it's, it's Costa Mesa. I think he's alongside Cup Swanton as well. Um, I don't currently know that for sure. I know. I think I think that is his gym as well. But um, he, yeah, definitely had a great career. You know, no. obviously lost his last two. I mean, fuck sake, He fought GSP. He fought GSP and GSP's return fight. So we've been waiting for GSP to return for the longest time, and Bisping was the guy, the last guy to fight him. GSP was the last guy. Well, not the last guy. Gaslam beat Michael Bisping on uh, like two weeks' notice, I think, three weeks' notice or something like that. You know, knocked him out in the first round. Calvin Gaslam can crack, and no one knocks out Michael Bisping that easily like that. You know, he has a chin. He's he's able to recover. He's he's really he's real he's real good. That's a real good chin. And you know Gaslam just you know after Bis, Bisping fought GSP did take a lot of damage in that fight. You know GSP did drop on land a lot of notorious elbows on him. He hurt him and you know finished him. So Bisping was finished in his in, in his last two fights, unfortunately. But he has had a great career and he's made a lot of money. Definitely has made a lot of money. You know, one of the highest paid fighters in the UFC. Definitely has had a history with the company. Definitely a Hall of Famer. And will be Missed Michael, the Count, Biz Pink. All right, moving on to his fellow, former foe, former uh, UFC light heavyweight champion, Rashad Edmonds fought Anthony Smith on Fight Pass. And... Anthony Smith making his light heavyweight debut. Rashad making his light heavyweight return after a couple of uh, unfortunate losses at 185 pounds to Dan Kelly and Sam Alvey. Real, real, you know, really unfortunate. Really, really unfortunate. Smith ends the fight in 40, I think 33 seconds or 44 seconds. You know, with a vicious knee from the clinch up against the cage. It was a nasty knee. You know, he knocks Rashad out. And now it's time to look at it. You know, five losses in a row for the former champion. You know, losing to Ryan Bader, losing to Ryan Bader, Glover Teixeira, Sam Alvey, Dan Kelly, and now Anthony Smith. So, five losses in a row for the former champion. You know, these conversations get the hardest because, you know, we talk about retirement. We talk about why... He shouldn't do it anymore. You know, his head's just not in it anymore. And you no, know, not his head's not in it. And just like, you know, the game passes. He's by, and, you know, obviously it's 33 seconds, but we don't really don't want to see that happen to a great fighter like Rashad. And a lot of it's been the mental game for him. Obviously, you know, his Ryan Bader loss, his Ryan Bader loss, his Sam Alvey loss, and his, um, Dan Kelly loss. His Three losses in a row. Now, his three losses, so the Dan Kelly loss, the Sam Alvey loss, and uh, the Ryan Bader losses were, were fights where he was just simply outworked, you know, not outworked necessarily, you know, the Sam Alvey and Dan Kelly fight. They were split decision losses. So if we take out those two split decision losses, he's lost three in a row. I'm not trying to protect Rashad or anything like that or say that Rashad, I'm trying to not I'm trying to say he shouldn't retire or anything like that. That's the farthest thing for what I want to, What I want for him. I just don't want to see him lose anymore. Five in a row. If he loses, he, I don't know. I, he didn't. I don't know if he officially announced his retirement. He did post a long, lengthy statement after the fight and all that, but I don't necessarily know if he called it quits. I don't know if he called it retirement. I would, uh, I mean, I'd like to see him get... One, get a win but i i know that you know the game is changing the game is evolving the game is going fast and i don't know what could be next you know uh, rashad is one of the first guys when i first started watching mixed martial arts and and you know mainly you know starting with the ufc and all that rashad was one of the first guys that i really watched he was good he was great you know, his beat down Chael Ch- Sonnen, son and his fun fights with Rampage, him on the Ultimate Fighter, winning the winning the heavyweight uh winning the ultimate fighter at heavyweight. And you know, obviously knocking out Chuck Liddell. Unfortunately I wasn't able to see him fight Shogun, which would have been a great fight back in their primes. Um you know, his whole feud with John Jones, unfortunately, that was a kind of one I really didn't kind of want to see for him. And Rashad has had a great career, you know, former UFC lightweight champion, you know, beat, beat down uh, Forrest Griffin and become the champion. And then, I forgot who he lost to, oh, he lost to Yeah, who, who doesn't lose Machida, But Machida was such a creative, such a hard guy to figure out back in his prime. You know, he was such a hard guy to figure out guy that hard got a time people are getting caught by him left and right and you know he's just one of those guys that everyone had trouble with back then you know Machida was like 16 and no at one point fought rich rich frank and fought bj penn for fuck's sakes so you know machita has fought a lot of great guys so there's no shame in rashad losing to machita but you know sometimes when it's time to call it quits it's time to call it quits so definitely is uh, unfortunate for the former champion but I will follow him anywhere he goes and I can't wait to see what Rashad does next ladies and gentlemen alright moving on we do have a fight night coming up this week UFC Singapore uh, headline by Walter Waits Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Leon Rocky Edwards I don't know too much about Leon I do know a lot about Cerrone, though. Donald Cerrone is one of the most fan favorite, one of the most fun fighters to watch. A guy who always brings it, a guy who who always is in a part of a big, fun fight. You know, One of the most spectacular fighters on the roster, you know, from his WEC days to his days at lightweight, some of the most biggest wins in lightweight history. Some of the biggest fights in lightweight history you know the fights with benson henderson at nwec his fights in the ufc you know it's like big his big fights You know, he's been a part of a lot of big fights and his last fight was one of the best uh one of the best um fights we've seen at for for him at 170 pounds i mean he's dusting people at 155 pounds finishing guys like gets barbosa and um you know, he's also looking good at 170 pounds, which is, I feel, should be the weight class that he does adopt later on in this, uh, in his, uh, in his career, because he is a lot older now. I think He's like 34, 35 years old, but definitely, yeah, he's a good guy that can really strike. No, no, Leon, Leon Edwards is a nasty striker as well. You know, uh, a, I think he's from Britain, British. He's British. No, he's, yeah, he's British, but um. Definitely, definitely is a good fight. You know, he is Leon Edwards is this tiny guy for one hundred and seventy pounds. I always thought Leon Edwards' his body shape and his physique should be fighting hundred and fifty five pounds, but you know, we don't know how much he truly weighs until you, you know see him step on the scale. But um Cerrone versus Edwards definitely should be a good fight. Um the co-main events, uh Ovin Saint Pru versus Tyson Pedro he gives Tyson Pedro a big chance to, you know, shoot up the ranks, and have a good big fight against another big contender against Olvin Oven, Oven St. Preux. Olvin St. Preux uh, beat um, Yushin Okami, I think, in his last fight. And Yushin Okami went down to welterweight and fought Diego Lima, then beat Diego Lima by unanimous decision. So, Olvin St. Preux obviously has been in a lot of big fights as well. He fought John Jones, he's fought Ryan Bader. Um, he knocked out Mauricio Shogun, who... Uh, obviously fought jimmy manwell he's fought a lot of the biggest names in that division and he is still one of the most relevant names in that division and we've got some excellent fights announced too um light heavyweight fights um shogun speaking of shogun we talked about him earlier shogun returning to fight Volkan ozdemir that was a fight can't wait forgot about old, old vulcan last fight against daniel cormier uh for the title and we've also got Glover Teixeira versus, I think it's Teixeira versus Latifi, I think. Let me see. I'm trying to see if I'm confusing it. And we did, Do we talk about Till versus Thompson? I've just seen something about that. Darren Till versus Steven Thompson. Um, you know. was a close fight, definitely was a close fight, you know, both guys were kind of shades of each other, looked really similar, but, um, and, you know, that's one of the rare cases where, you know, uh, Stephen Thompson still is one of the best strikers in the world, still is one of the best fighters at two, uh, at 170 pounds. Um. Okay. It's Volkan versus Shogun and Teixeira versus Tiffy. I was right. Glover Teixeira versus the TV. Good God, that. Uh, that was one of the best. It was a good fight. It was a great fight. Obviously, it was a close fight. Unfortunately for Steven, wasn't able to get the, get wasn't able to get the nod. Um. It does make. The case for Darren Till, a lot stronger when it comes to getting a title shot. And obviously, Woodley, Tyron Woodley, now Colby Covington. We oh, we're going to talk about that, too. UFC 225. I forgot about that. I thought that, oh, I thought that was earlier. There's so much action going on. We can't, we can't you know, we, can, we can't get to all of it sometimes. But we're going to talk about that. But, um, you know, Stephen Thompson still has a lot of great fights. There's still a lot. He didn't mention he did want Robbie Lawler in New York. He he tore his MCL in that fight due to the the sidekicks from Till and all that. But um, definitely, he definitely is still a player at 170 pounds. So going back up to UFC 225. And after we talk about this, we're going to get to some superhero shit. And then we'll get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. But um, UFC 225 co-main event was an interesting one because you know a lot of people didn 't know how it was going to go down, including myself. you know if you look at Rafael dos Anjos, he looks absolutely stellar since we're moving up to one hundred and seventy pounds, you know dusting neo beating feeding Safadine, and um you know just uh looking absolutely phenomenal against Robbie Lawler I mean no one looks good against Robbie lawler it's hard to look look good against Robbie Lawler, you know one of the most aggressive, one of the most crazy you know. Violent strikers on the planet, you know, has been in some of the biggest fights of the nastiest fights in UFC history and in MMA history. He knocked out a lot of people. So no one thought that Dos Anjos would come in. You know, Dos Anjos looked good. He doesn't necessarily carry the same power that he has at 155 at 170, but he is a lot more. His volume is a lot more complete. You know, his skill set's a lot more complete. No, I mean, I'm mean, not a skill set. Excuse me. His conditioning is a lot better. It's a lot more solid at 170 pounds. So if he doesn't what he doesn't make up with power, he makes up with his volume and his fluidity. So Dos Anjos, unfortunately, lost to Colby Covington. Colby Chaos Covington now is the interim UFC welterweight champion and has a date with Tyron Woodley later on this year. Unification bout. Interesting one. You know, Colby has been going on. With Woodley back and forth for the longest time ever. You know, it was claimed to beat Tyron in sparring, make him quit and all that. Tyron's responded. Colby Covington's sister has responded to Colby winning and responding to Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley really responds to her. It's a crazy fiasco. So I'm pretty curious to see how this fight's going to go down. It's pretty interesting. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. You know, it's an interesting fight. I mean, Colby did use, Colby was throwing heat in that fight. He did. He did throw some heat. But if you you can see the differences between their strikes, you know, obviously Dos Anjos got pressured. He got taken down. He got controlled a lot. You know, Dos Anjos did land a couple of good takedowns down on Colby. He looked good as well. He took him down a couple of times and I thought maybe that would be the, the, the turnaround of the fight but that wasn't the case you know Colby at Covington was able to latch off and you know uh emerge with the unanimous decision victory which is a huge feather in his cap considering the amount of trash talk he's he's had throughout his whole entire uh his, his entire run in the UFC you know he's been a guy to really talk a lot of shit and he, the thing is he's backed it up and his only loss in the UFC was to Warley Alves whereas Warley Alves now And you look at him; he's beating Damian Maya handily, better than Tyron Woodley did. Beat Damian Maya; he beat obviously uh, Dong Hyun Kim. So he's beating Damian Maya, Dong Hyun Kim, and now Rafael Dos Anjos. I feel like there's another big name that he beat. No Covington. He beat yeah he beat Maya and beat Dong Kim now he he got Dosanos and now he's beating Dosanos so that's that's a good fight that was a good fight for him um, I just don't know how he's gonna fare against Tyrant Woodley because good God Tyron Woodley may have not had to pull the trigger in the fight with Maya but he can pull the trigger against Covington. I don't know, you know, he had a whole soldier problem in the Maya fight. Taurus Labrum, I think, and um, wasn't didn't didn't pull the trigger, you know. He kind of played a little bit safe in the Maya fight, not saying that Maya was any danger to him or anything like that. You know, he was superior on the feet against Maya, but you know, he played it a lot safer than he normally would. You know, you know, he's absolutely explosive, blinding speed can end the fight in one punch. Definitely is one of the guys that is one of the most scariest guys on the planet. You know, he can end the fight in one punch. He's a scary, scary individual. It's phenomenal. uh, With phenomenal speed and phenomenal, um, you know, phenomenal striking wrestling. And, you know, it's great jujitsu as well. So that's a unification bout later on this year. Interesting to see it. I want to see if Colby can definitely make it an interesting fight you know not just talking but you know it's actually physically making a different fight because tyron woodley is a hard for motherfucker to fight so i'm I'm curious definitely to know what's going to happen between these two so that will happen later this year congrats to colby Covington. like i said hafield osano still has is a major player at 170 pounds maybe him versus steven thompson would be a good fight too if if um If Robbie Lawler can't fight. Because I know Robbie Lawler did hurt his knee pretty bad in that last fight. And he is recovering currently. But who knows what's going to happen. So, all's well, it ends well. Excited to see what's going to happen for the 170-pound division later on this year. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get to the final segment of this podcast. Okay, like I said, I've been on this high Avengers kick. Lately, so I've been watching a lot of theories on YouTube, you know, possibly calculating in my head what could be and set, what could be set for Avengers 4, because obviously you got Avengers, the first one, Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, Avengers Infinity War, number three, and now Avengers Infinity War part two, which will be set in 2019. I mean, if you want to count captain america civil war as an avengers movie because a lot of them were in there too so you know definitely was a good movie one of my favorites you know iron man was in there so you know it's mainly you know an avengers movie in my opinion definitely was good i I watched that one the other day um uh, currently watching black panther too as well as iron man not currently right now but i'm saying like I just like to watch every all the movies in Marvel Cinematic Universe. I still got to watch a lot of them. You know, like, you know, Thor. I haven't watched the first Thor or Thor Dark World. Or I watched Thor Ragnarok. That was a good one, like I talked about, like, a few weeks ago. That was a good one. Um, and I'm just obsessed with watching it. You know? I pick up details all the time. I just pick up details every 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 time I watch it. Um, the Black Panther is good. You know, Infinity War was probably my favorite, you know. been looking up a lot of the stuff on Thanos. Um. Uh, you know, his origin story, where he came from, where he fits in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who can defeat Thanos. I've been looking up a lot of stuff on Captain Marvel as well. Ant Man and the Wasp is coming up, I think, July 7th, so that should give us a pretty good uh, idea about the quantum realm and time traveling, since that is rumored to be one of the biggest plots. In Avengers 4, because, you know, Thanos' snap is a notorious snap, destroying half of humanity. And, you know, the Avengers working together to break that spell. You know, if you see in the end credits, Nick Fury did use that old-fashioned pager. And you see the logo pop up. And um, now it's like, uh, you know, you see the logo pop up. It's Captain Marvel's logo. So if you guys know how powerful Captain Marvel is, you can move planets. She's strong enough to move planets. So, think about that. You think about what she can probably do with Thanos. Thanos is super powerful with all those with all those Infinity Stones. Well, you know, Time Stone, the Mind Stone, the Reality Stone, um, Soul Stone, all the stones. No, they're all they're all fucking powerful stones. And he looked good. He was powerful against against the Avengers and stuff. And, you know, he he put up against a good fight against all of them. So, you know, definitely interesting. Um, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen when that, in the, in the next Avengers It's definitely going to be a twist and anything else. In the meantime, I'll I'll wait, I'll I'll wait patiently and see what's going to happen. You know, I never had, never really had an ending of a movie. So getting people so eager for what could possibly be next in a Marvel cinematic universe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was it for our podcast today. If you guys want to hit me up, you can at gmeeker underscore MMA. Oh, not underscore. Excuse me, gmeeker MMA on Twitter, gmeeker MMA on Instagram, gmeeker underscore MMA on Snapchat, facebook.com slash baby 123 Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week. A brand new episode of the g meeker mma show we might provide segments a little bit later on this week if so and if possible we got a great we got a great fucking future plan i said we're going to talk about some other things so so one last thing before we get out of here one last thing so i have enrolled in college return to college online university i think it's called uh Full Sail University, based out of uh, Winter Park, Florida. It is a it's a really it's an interesting school. I'm really I'm really really stoked to to ha- have this opportunity. You know, I really really am looking into this opportunity. I haven't fully officially signed up, but it is a sports casting. Um, the degree I'm going for is sports casting. Full sales University's Dan Patrick School of Sports Casting, Bachelor of Science. It's um. You know, I'm gonna read the degree overview real quick and then we'll get out of here. Developed in collaboration with sports casting veteran Dan Patrick. He has a podcast as well if you check it out. The goal of sports casting bachelor degree is provide students with a constant real world experience both on camera and behind the scenes. You'll build a foundation in interviewing, voice work, writing, storytelling, and ongoing guidance from professional mentors who are active in the world of sports casting. Plus you'll gain advanced knowledge in news gathering, reporting. Multimedia communication and developing presenting skills for current and emerging technologies from broadcasting to gaming to virtual and augmented reality. So that's something I'm really looking into. That's definitely something that's going to sharpen my skills to the teeth. Definitely something I want to do is definitely something I'm looking into. So we're hopefully having some good news with that a little bit later on this year maybe august or so shooting for august definitely am excited for this and i can't wait so ladies and gentlemen we will be back next week g meeker mma out baby